Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business. Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast and our series on cyber security culture. Susie Jones now joins the podcast from Cinch to discuss cyber risk source. Do you have a part-time business that you'd like to take full-time and beyond? Our experienced business advisors can support you in growing your area and making that big bang in business. Contact us at business centre.com.au. Hi, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kristen. And we're from the Cybersecurity Culture Program here at the Business Centre Newcastle. This project is funded by the Australian Government Department of Industry, Science, Energy and Resources through the Cybersecurity Business Connect and Protect Program. In Australia's private sector, almost 40% of CEOs have accelerated digital transformation plans during the pandemic, according to PwC's Digital Trust Insights 2021 report. 31% modernised their infrastructure with new capabilities and 27% changed their core business models, well ahead of the 21% global average. So in this series, we'll be highlighting a range of cybersecurity issues within business around culture, impacts of breaches, what to look out for, real-life stories, where to seek support or report a breach, and some easy strategies to start protecting your customers and your brand. It's crucial to be proactive and have strategies in place for protection. Let's welcome today's guest, Susie Jones from Cinch, to discuss Cyber Risk Score. Hey, Susie. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Great to be here. What we would like to discuss is business and what is Cyber Risk Score. And I would really like to hone in on board members, CEOs as well, and their training. So to begin with, I'd like to understand what does it mean by the cyber security risk score in a business and why is this important? Absolutely. So it's it's relevant for business leaders of every level, but particularly a growing sector that need to be thinking about this are directors, of course. So the cyber security risk score of any business is really the accumulated risk that you can attribute to the different technologies that are adopted within a business. So as your, your introduction there spoke about the increasing digital transformation of Australian businesses means that absolutely every business, whether it's big or small today within Australia, is a tech business in some description, everybody relies on technology and in particular with the growing needs from lockdowns, from the pandemic, et cetera, businesses that previously might have only ever used, you know, perhaps a laptop to, to, you know, have a couple of spreadsheets on stock numbers and, and, you know, maybe send a few emails off. Now they're running their entire inventory through software as service and, you know, social media sites, et cetera. And all of that comes with cyber risk. So a cyber risk score is about giving a number to each of those technologies that talks about how big is the risk to my business regarding this particular technology. And then that once you have a risk and a number put against the name of each and every different tech, then you can decide, okay, well, which one is the biggest risk to my business? And so therefore, where should you be spending your time first in terms of thinking about securing it? So that's why it's really important. So just like when you think about, okay, all of my possessions in my house, if you were to go around and put a number against all of those possessions about which ones would you care about the most if you lost them, That's what you should think about when it comes to a cyber risk score. It's which of the technologies would you care about the most if you had a breach or if you lost access or if you could no longer trust that that was operating the way that it should do. So do you mean with your CRM, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and go through every single bit like that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for most organizations, we'll have around about 30 different technologies that they use, some more often than not. So, you know, you think about oh, what do you use for accounting? Is it MyOB or is it Xero or QuickBooks? What do you use for your email? Is it um, Microsoft 365 or is it Gmail? What do you use for your CRM? Do you use, you know, HubSpot or Intercom, whatever it might be? And, and then yeah, your various different social media accounts. But all of them have a, a weighted importance to your business. So if you're an e-commerce business, losing access to your Instagram and your, you know, 400,000 followers could be huge. That, that could be game ending for your business. Mm. Whereas for an accountant, if they lost access to their Instagram and their four followers, probably not even going to notice for a month or two. So it's going to be different for every business. And it's about considering which technologies do I really care about? And therefore, where should I be putting my focus first before anything else? Is it a lengthy process to go through, do you think? If you do it manually, absolutely. And it also requires, I mean, it requires a bit of knowledge about, well, how often are these things attacked versus how big or small could the impact of my business be? So for us at Cinch, we have built an entire platform that does this in mere seconds to okay. a certain degree and then mere minutes for a more extensive review. But if you're going to do it manually, then it can be quite time consuming. And it could also be quite daunting because you spend so much time actually researching, okay, how often is Facebook attacked? This is not the sort of thing that you as a business owner need to know. It's the sort of thing that you need to know what to do with the information, but you shouldn't be spending your time researching that just like I wouldn't be spending my time researching, you know, accounting practices. I, I have an accountant for that. So it's, it's that kind of process that find somebody that can do that assessment for you quickly so that you can get your risk score quickly. And then you can move on to, okay, what do I do about this now that I know that I have a problem? What do I do? Well, that's good because when you said to go through it all, mm. all I could think in my mind was, oh my God, that's yeah. going to take me forever. But it's be so boring, right? Like it's, it's not yeah. going to be a task that most people want to do on a regular basis. So we're fully aware that those of us at Cinch that do that are not your normal person. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's great. Is it expensive to run something like that? Well, we actually run it for free on our website. So, oh, um, excellent. yeah, you can actually sign up, cinch, uh, cynch.com.au. You can sign up. You can get your initial cyber risk score for free as well as your cyber fitness score. So we talk about cyber fitness score as being an accumulation of the points that we award a business for the controls that they put in place to actually secure those systems. So it's one thing to know what is all the risk, but then it's what do you do about it? What do you do about mm. it? Well, you, you increase your cyber fitness, you build up your resilience, and we award you points for that. And so you can actually get for free your cyber risk score and your cyber fitness score um, through our platform within about 10 minutes of signing up for completely for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you looking to grow your business? We have a fantastic team of experience-led business advisors and online toolboxes that can guide you to scaling your business. You can find all the information at businesscenter.com.au. Do you have any stories that you can share from businesses that have sought your help? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my favourite stories was uh, about a year or so ago, we were involved in a federal government program, which was Digital Small Businesses. And we worked with a, uh, a jeweller. So she's somebody who make, makes handmade, beautiful jewellery and was about to launch her e-commerce business. But before she did so, she wanted to make sure that she had her security right from the start. She knew that she had such confidence in the, the gorgeousness of her product that she knew that once she did launch, she was going to quickly get too busy to be thinking 
thinking about this stuff. So she wanted to make sure she had the the basic security in place right from day dot. So she went through one of our early programs, which was a cyber boot camp, six week program, and we helped her put in all of the right security configurations and steps and processes that she needed to have in place, so that when she hit launch, she could just focus on you know creating the best brand that she could and the best jewelry that she could for for her customers. So you know, so many people have said, "Oh, retailers don't care about security." Well, she well and truly bucked that trend right from from day dots. She's still one of my favorite all-time customers, even though you're not meant to have favorites. <laughs> Some of the others that we've been working with more recently are startups or scale-ups that have been around uh, in business for a little while. So they, they have their product, they have their early customers, and they're starting to go for bigger customers. So either we've had a couple trying to go for government contracts, and we've had a couple trying to go for you know, what would be maybe not the, the top four banks, but, you know, second tier bank customers. And the moment you start going for government or corporate business, they start asking questions from a procurement perspective about, okay, well, how do I know that I can trust you as a supplier? And you end up getting caught up in what turns out to be a pretty complicated security assurance process. And, you know, you get sent these questionnaires with these convoluted questions. It can be really daunting for, for somebody in a startup or scale up to answer. And so we have some that are working with us to not only assess where they are currently and so get that initial cyber risk score and cyber fitness score, but actually then improve their security in those areas that the security assurance teams and procurement teams actually care about. So being able to prioritise where are they spending their time, where are they spending their money based on their next growth tool? Like what is their next, you know, big opportunity? And so, you know, it's really helping to change the conversation around security from being just about an expense and something Mm -hmm. that you have to pay for to, well, actually, if you get it right, this could be something that actually helps you land that next contract. It helps you grow that next step up. And it can be a really powerful way of showing to the world that we're taking security seriously and, and we're a business you can trust. That's really interesting too. You said government contracts. So when we're writing for government contracts, obviously there's been a shift in the way businesses do that and their credibility. So you are obviously aware of all of this and are able to help. Would you be able to explain a little bit on the government contract piece? What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it always depends on which government department, of course, and, and what the service or product is that you're looking to sell to government. But many of the tenders and RFPs that are put out by government departments these days will ask you uh, usually something to do with accreditation. So are you um, ISO 27001 accredited or do you meet the ISM standards, which is the Information Security Manual standards that was issued by the government? Now, Whilst it just sounds like, you know, a bunch of numbers and you'd be able to say, yeah, sure, we hit that. There's actually, um, depending on the scope of, of your business and your products and services, there could be hundreds of different security controls that you're expected to have in place before you could say that you meet those standards, let alone to become ISO 27001 accredited, cost most businesses six figures in order to actually gain that accreditation. So it can be a significant barrier to entry for smaller businesses and startups. So what we do is we help businesses prepare and do as much as they can themselves before they have to go down the path of getting an auditor in to do that accreditation and and check all of the boxes. So it means that when you're completing those early RFP um, responses, you can say, no, however, we have been working uh, on a program. We are aware of our gaps. We expect to be able to apply for accreditation within 12 months, 18 months, whatever that, that sort of roadmap looks like. And that 
really does help get a long way. A lot of people think that in these RFPs you need to be able to say yes or no and it's very black and white. Mm -hmm. um, what is very clear is that it's not black and white. Security certainly isn't black and white and neither is the, the RFP responses. There will always be some reading the responses that, that want to see a yes and that's the only answer they will accept. But I know from experience working in large corporates that provided a supplier is able to demonstrate that they understand the question, they understand the importance and they're working towards that goal, that will go a long way to, to getting you through that process. If you have a business problem or question, get in touch with us. We can get our team of advisors and experts to help you with your business problems in an upcoming show. Obviously, there's a lot of benefits to be able to look at your uh, cyber fitness, your cybersecurity risk score. I don't know, this is going to sound really silly perhaps, but are there any negative impacts well, I mean, there can be negative impacts if you don't take it seriously. So okay. you mentioned earlier about directors. So mm -hmm. the thing with directors is once you know you have a problem, you have to act on it. You can't be be made aware of a, a big black problem in a business that you're a director of, take absolutely no steps, and then if something does occur, say, well, you know, uh, I, I had taken reasonable steps because you hadn't. So um, this is one of the things that we often speak to small business owners about is, um, you know, the moment you start down this path, it is something that you should continuously work on into the future. Now, that doesn't mean you need to stop running your business, work on security for six months and then get going. This is why we talk about cyber fitness, because it's about small incremental steps gradually over time. It's, it's mm -hmm. something that you just work on whilst you're working on everything else. And so that can be a, it can be a really negative impact if a director or a business owner goes about getting an assessment done or a, a health check done or a you know, cyber fitness check, whatever you want to call it, finds out that they have a lot of gaps and then takes no, no action to fill those gaps because that means that if you do have a data breach and have to respond to the information commissioner or even if it's just that you have a data breach and all of a sudden your customers are saying, well, how long have you known that this was a problem and you don't have a good answer to that question, that can open up all sorts of uh, avenues for liability that no business owner gets into business to, to have to deal with. It could be crippling for a business by the sounds of it. Have, have you seen or heard or worked with people who have lost businesses through not taking this seriously? Yes, yeah, so my, my partner's mother actually, she was a mortgage broker and a couple of years ago called me up just as I was getting cinched off the ground so we weren't yet in the market and couldn't yet um, help her get in front of the issue. But um, she called me up to say that she had had an issue where she was a mortgage broker. She'd been waiting all week for an email to, to come through to her. Um, finally, the email comes through from the real estate agent at, um, you know, first thing on a Friday morning. Fridays are always a huge day for mortgage brokers. So she was super busy. She got the email. It, asked, it had an attachment. She double clicked on the attachment and asked her for a username and password. Now, not even thinking why would an attachment be asking for that. She entered in her username mm -hmm. and password, then got a phone call, went off, did something else came back to her computer about an hour and a half later, sat down and then her phone started calling and her phone started calling from all of her customers saying, you're sending me some really strange emails. What is going on? And it turns out what she had done is um, given her email, username and password to a hacker who had then spent the next hour and a half wading through her inbox, all of her contacts, and then sending out phishing emails to all of her customers and contacts. <laughs> How scary. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and so then she's faced with, well, how do I get 
get this person out of my account? What do I do? Who do I call? It took her hours before she was able to get an IT support person to, to help her get in front of the problem, get that person out of the inbox. And then it took her weeks and weeks and weeks to actually repair some of the damage that was done to her reputation with her customers. She actually decided, this occurred in November, she decided in December that she was going to take early retirement because the stress and the trauma of all of that was I just bad. That's horrendous. Um, Exactly. And, and, the, and the worst thing is she herself was a victim. So she was a victim, but the shame that you feel, the accountability you feel when you've been tricked by somebody into doing something that on any other day, you know, you wouldn't do. But this day, it was a Friday, she was busy, she was tired, you know, all of the, the reasons, this is why they, they attack in the way that they do. So unfortunately, these sorts of stories are, are all too common. Certainly the whole reason why my co-founder and I started Cinch in the first place was because at our previous employer, we'd been working on a project where we were speaking to dozens of business owners who had had data breaches in the past. And we were hearing story and sto- after story of the, the emotional impact and drain and, and real distress that dealing with a cyber breach had on them as humans. It's bad enough on the business and the financial impact can be huge, but the, the days and days of sleepless nights, the, the having to make phone call after phone call to customers that had been their customers for 20 years, had trusted them forever, they considered them friends, having to call them up and say, I made a mistake and that mistake has resulted in all of your financial information getting into the hands of a hacker. And so now you're going to have to be mindful of identity theft risks and you're going to have to be you know, using credit monitoring services like that they can just be some of the most traumatic phone calls to, to make in anybody's career. So we at Cinch talk about we're on a mission to make it so that small business owners can avoid having the, one of the worst days of their working life. A story that sticks in my mind is with the solicitors and real estate and when you sell your house and a large amount was intercepted. I'm about, I've just bought a house. So now I'm like all over, I have to call and get the number, make sure, cross-reference everything. And yeah, be really careful. Just don't put your money into a bank account that comes across via an email. Always check. Yeah, ring and check. Yeah. Yeah, just just call them up and say, just yep. want to make sure I've got the right bank details before I hit go. Yes. That, that's yep. what you do. And also always use multi-factor authentication on, on all of yeah. these, like your email, et cetera, so that you could be confident that there's nobody else sitting in your email yes. inbox doing whatever it is that they want to do. So what's the length of time before someone realises? Yeah, sometimes it can be a matter of hours like it was for Felicity, but on average, most cyber attacks take around about six months to detect. So if you think about wow. how long a, an attacker could be sitting in your system waiting for, because the thing is they don't necessarily launch their attack on the day that they breach your network. So they can get some profile you. and password today. Exactly. And sit there and wait and just watch your emails going in and out and wait until there is that really big invoice that comes in and swap out the bank details so that you pay it to somewhere else. Or, you know, wait until they understand, you know, which days of the week are the busiest days with your customers and, and then impersonate you. There's there's a whole bunch of reasons why cyber attackers can be very, very patient and it can be lucrative for them to be patient. And if you don't have any systems in place that have you, you know, on a semi-regular basis, check to see if there has been a breach, how would you know? That's, mm. that's the big issue. It's sickening to think that somebody's watching, <laughs> like that could be in there watching your every move. Ooh. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's stalking on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to always point it out too. Yes, it, this happens regularly. Yes, it's scary. I think we're, we've got to a point now 
in this day and age where we just need to say, you know what, yes, this can happen. We don't want it to happen. We're aware of it and we need to act on, you know, what, what we are aware of. And if we if there's new things that are popping up, which there are every day within the digital world, we need to really be able to understand that we can reach out and there are support people to be able to help and guide us. And it doesn't need to be technical. You know, it's policy-driven as well. And there are plenty of people who are experts in this, like yourself. So that's why you are where you are and that's why we are where we are in our businesses and our work as well. So that's a really good point. Do you have a business idea but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how. Businesscentre.com.au We've talked about finding your risk score and how important that is and that you could access that on your, your website. That's awesome. But if I'm a business and I need help and we we would come to Cinch, of course, what should I look for in a good cyber expert and what attributes to look for if I'm a newbie to cyber? And also, like, who who would be the best person to come out of the business to seek this information? Yeah, sure. So there's a, there's a few things to unpack in there. So first of all, last part of your question first. So who in the business yep. is actually the person that should be seeking support and seeking help? The way that we describe that when we're talking to potential customers is think about your business. And if you had a big data breach in the next five minutes, who is everybody in that business going to be looking at to solve the problem? that's the person that should be seeking the help. That's the person who essentially owns the cyber risk of that organisation. Mm-hmm. So, And that's going to be a different person depending on the, the industry, the structure, et cetera. So for, for many micro businesses, that will be the business owner themselves. But if you think about, say, a doctor's practice, that's not going to be the owner because the owner will be the doctor. Um, that's going to be the office manager or the practice manager. That's the person who should be seeking help is the person who's actually going to have to deal with the problem if it occurs and so therefore should be working on preventing the problem from occurring or preparing for it. So secondly, what you look for in terms of, you know, a good either consultant to work with you or solution provider to, to help you find the answers is think about, well, what, what sort of help are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody to come in and do it all for you? Because if you're looking for somebody to come in and do it all for you, then you're going to need an, an actual cybersecurity consultant or, or a managed service provider to come in and support you. And that's going to cost a lot of money, but they are out there. You do need to be aware, though, that there's always going to be some things that you can't outsource. So things like, do you have a procedure in place to, to make sure you do verify the bank details of, a, of a, a transaction before you pay the invoice? That's not something that a consultant can come in and, and do for you. That's You need to put in a procedure in place to make sure that your staff are aware that they have to verify bank details before they pay it. So that's not something you can outsource. So if that's what you want uh, on the technical side is to get somebody to come in and do it for you, then you need to research, okay, who are the who are the IT or security consultants near me who are, are used to working with businesses in my industry, are used to working with businesses that use the technology that I use, and preferably one that comes referred to you by somebody that you know and trust. 
Now, if you're a business that is happy to roll up your sleeves and do some work yourself, that's when you come to the likes of Cinch and, um, and there are others out there like us that provide you with all of the, the tailored and contextualised advice that you need. But in order for you to, first of all, save money, but second of all, actually build up your internal knowledge on how to manage cyber risk, you're actually going to do the thing yourself. So for us, we have our automatic cyber risk advice that comes through our membership online and that's all you know, written and at your fingertips, you can self-serve and get that anyone, anytime you want. But we also have cyber coaching calls. So you can actually jump on a call with one of our experts and have somebody at the other end to ask all of the questions of. So if you're thinking about, okay, at the moment we have our network set up on a server in our office. We don't want to do that anymore. We want to be able to transition to cloud, but we don't know which cloud service we can trust or how we would go about that. You know, our members, our premium members can actually have a coaching call with one of our teams. We can help you work through making that decision in the best way for your business. So it's about really understanding what are you looking for first and then from there figuring out, okay, who are the trusted advisors and trusted solution providers across Australia and who can you get recommendations from the likes of the business centre but also, you know, other small businesses that you know and trust their opinions of to see who have they used. Mm, Okay. Check out the review process. Yeah, Yeah. definitely ask questions, I guess. Hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, look, any security provider or security consultant, you know, with the salt will happily jump on a call and, you know, talk you through what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you need? And if they're not the right providers for you, most of the time they will be able to refer you on to somebody who is the right provider for you. I know that we do referrals all the time when somebody's looking for something that isn't quite what we do because our mission is just to make every business as cyber fit as they can get. Getting your cyber risk scores probably really important because it highlights the areas that you really need help. I have had a look and they are also courses. So I guess once we've got that fitness out of the way and we've done our risk score, we can move on to then upskilling ourselves and learning more as well. And these can be very basic, I believe, up to your ISO 2700. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So so we have our general membership and that prioritises all of the steps that a business owner should take just based on their risk. So if you've got five minutes today what's the best bang for buck in terms of your time to to mitigate your risk. So that's our our core memberships. But we recognise that there are many small businesses out there that have a particular goal or or problem that they're trying to solve right now. And so we've built these, what we call cyber fitness programs that are are sort of one-off programs that go over a time box period, normally somewhere between one and four months that can help a business owner get to a particular goal. So for example, we have Essential 8 program. So the Australian Cyber Security Centre, they have the Essential 8, which are basically eight top controls that they recommend every business puts in place in order to mitigate the most amount of cyber attacks. And it's a whole big maturity model. So what we've done is we've taken the Essential 8 and their high level, you know, they they say things like you should have multi-factor authentication on everything. That's great, but what's the how? How do I do that? Mm. So we've taken the advice of what you should do and said for your business, knowing that you use these technologies, this is how you do it. And so we've got a program for Essential 8. We've got a program for ISO 27001, like you mentioned. We have different reports that can help you map the controls you've taken to um, the questions that cyber insurers ask if you're looking to purchase insurance. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of different goals that a business owner might have that they want to achieve that is related to security but doesn't necessarily need to prioritise based on a risk-based approach. And that's what these programs are for. If you have a business problem or question, get in touch with us. 
We can get our team of advisors and experts to help you with your business problems in an upcoming show. So you said to come and suss out the problem, but how do I know what my problem is? I could be plodding along, having a good old time. I think I've got everything in place. How do I know I could potentially have a problem? Well, I mean, the reality is every technology comes with risk. And so that means that if you're relying on technology in order to you know, grow your business, to, to even just function as a business, then you have risk there that you need to manage. And uh, I don't think it's overreaching to say if you've never consciously done anything to manage your cyber risk, then you have a problem. Because every single piece of the technology is being attacked every single day of the year. Whether you're big or small makes no difference because it's not, most of the time it's not personal. Attackers aren't going after you personally, like, you know, me, Susie Jones. They're not coming after me, Susie Jones. They're coming after Cinch. They're coming after, you know, G Suite that we use. That's, that's you know, the, the, you really are a number and not a name when it comes to cyber attackers. And that means that if you're not consciously managing the risk, then you have a problem. You just have a problem that you're ignoring right now. It's like having, a, you know, a small fire in your backyard and thinking, ah, oh, it'll be fine. It's going to rain soon. That'll put it out. Like it, it just, it doesn't <laughs> make logical sense to ignore the problem because currently it is on fire. You just don't know it. Um, and so that's why we talk about it doesn't need to be big and scary. It doesn't need to be um, technical. It doesn't matter if you've, if you've ever read a technical manual in your life because there are services like ours where we do the heavy lifting. So we do all the cyber risk assessment for you. We do mm-hmm. all the prioritisation. We go off and research what it is that needs to be done to you know, put these controls in place. And we tell you this is it, step-by-step instructions in plain language so that everybody can follow it. This is what you need to do. All you need to do is sign up as a member and you get access to all of that advice at a price that most small businesses will actually be able to afford. That's great. Kristen was asking me, what are the rough rough prices? We don't need to drill it right down and we don't have to direct it, just back it yourself. But what are the estimate estimated costs that sit behind this because I just think here at the business center we do help startups and I guess there's so many outgoing costs straight up Mm. and to throw cyber on top is just like it could be something it's another expense do we really need to and perhaps they might lack on it a little bit in saying that going through our discussion today you can see the relevance and the importance of you know being aware of this but I guess yeah, from a startup perspective, it can be quite daunting that there's another outgoing cost. So just roughly as a whole across the country, I guess, what the ballpark figure? In terms of the cost of good cybersecurity, it depends on where you are in your business and how complicated the technology is in your business. So um, if you're a very, very early stage startup, so say you're a sole founder, you might have one other person that does some work for you, but really it's it's you, the buck stops with you. Um, Then you could sign up for something like our starter plan. So our starter plan is just $29 a month. And that gives you that risk assessment on an ongoing basis. It gives you all of the actions um, and advice you need on what you need to do. But you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. That's why it's 30 bucks a month. Um, (laughs) Whereas, you know, for a business that perhaps has, you know, you've started to grow, you've got, you know, say a a team of five people, you want to be able to share some of that responsibility around, but you're not looking to go for big corporate business yet. So you don't need any of like the compliance and you don't really want to be jumping on, you know, coaching calls on a regular basis, but you need you know, a, a level of sophistication in the reporting behind it. That's when our standard membership would work and that's $119 a month. 
And then our premium offering, which includes, you know, the whole kit and caboodle access to all of our programs, all of the reporting, coaching calls, that's $400 a month. And so that's where most businesses that are, you know, looking to scale, they're chasing those, you know, those 50 or 100 grand contracts rather than your five or 10 grand, then four grand in a year or four and a half grand in a year doesn't seem like a, a big cost and is something that can be absorbed. When you think about going off and getting a cybersecurity consultant, so if you are on the other side, one of those businesses that is more established and just, just wants somebody to come in and do it for you, those costs, as you can imagine, are multiples of, of the prices that I was just talking about there. So um, mm. some security consultants start their costs at their daily rates at $1,500 a day. Some of them, if you have a good MSSP, might be able to sign up on a, on a regular um, sort of contract with them. But you know, you're still going to be talking multiples of those numbers. So whether it be 10 or 20 times, but that might be the right thing for your business mm. if, if that's what you need to do. So it, it really depends how much you're willing to take on yourself and what stage your, your business is at as well. Mm. It really circles back to your risk, doesn't yeah. it? That's where yeah. it all keeps coming back yeah. to. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, I think this is great. You've got some really great information that can help us, especially at the starting point, midpoint, you know, whatever stage you're at. What would be some of the final steps today following this chat? What would be the first steps that you would recommend implementing? Absolutely. So the the one thing that I say to absolutely everybody is implement multi-factor authentication everywhere. So this is getting that security code. In, in addition to having to enter in your username and password into, to get into an account, also have that code either on an app on your phone or get text message to your phone. That second piece of authentication in order to get in, it is so, so vital because it means that even if you use pretty poor passwords, which unfortunately so many people still use. Even like if somebody me. gets hold of your <laughs> password, then unless they have access to your phone, they still won't be able to get in, right? The second piece of advice is stop using crap passwords. <laughs> uh, a crap password is something that's really short, something that's, you know, a, a normal word, doesn't have any numbers, doesn't have any characters, is used across a hundred different accounts, is one that you've used for 10 years, is one that just is the same password, but you might change the number at the end from four to five and then five to six and then six <laughs> to seven. Anything like that. So a good password should be strong in that it has a mix of letters and numbers and characters, etc. It should be unique in that you only use it on one account. You don't use it across multiple things. It should be something that nobody else knows. Now, the easiest way to achieve that in a way that doesn't take you heaps of time and doesn't mean that you're sitting there going, oh, what's my password again, <laughs> is to spend somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks a year and get a password manager. And then that manager manages all your passwords for you. One of the questions that a lot of people ask me is, well, how do I know I trust the password manager? Mm. And I'm like, well, for starters, these organizations invest billions of dollars into securing your passwords. And secondly, it is a hell of a lot better than using your crap password. <laughs> so <laughs> if all you need to do is remember one good, strong password that gets you into your password manager, then that is a lot better than any other method that you yourself as a not as not a security specialist could implement. That's wonderful. Mm. Well, thank you so very much. And I guess before we go, is there anything else that we haven't asked that you'd like to highlight? I think just I really want people to start thinking about security as a growth tool rather than just an expense. There's so much. I mean, I can talk about the scary stories all day long, but the stories that we don't hear is how, you know, organisations that have spent, you know, three months just putting in some of the basic security measures into their business, not only did they walk away feeling so much 
more confident that they had a strong cyber resilience in their business, but then they were able to articulate that in RFPs and they are actually now on panels for government panels in terms of, you know, being able to get business in the future. So think about investing in security as investing in the growth of your business and making sure that it's not just that your business is here today, that it's going to be here tomorrow. That's a good note to end on. It is. So thank you so very much, Susie, for joining us today. And I'm sure we'll chat to you again. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, we recommend checking out our Cybersecurity Culture Program. This project is funded by the Australian Government Department of Industry, Science, Energy and Resources through the Cybersecurity Business Connect and Protect Program. Whether you have a micro, small, medium or large business, cybersecurity is everyone's business. It's up to everyone to be aware, know how to protect and how to act if breach. Feel free to reach out and connect with our cyber experts to review your cyber fitness, strengthen your cyber security and implement strategies that will help protect your customers and your brand. Call the Business Centre on 49257700 or connect via our website, businesscentre.com.au. Would you like to connect with Susie from Cinch? Contact us at the Business Centre and we'll pass on your inquiry. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at the Business Centre.